But let's pray together. Father in heaven, God, even now, we ask that your Holy Spirit move among us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, God, that we can understand these words that we're going to learn, that we can take them to heart and then put them into practice. And I pray this in Jesus' name for his glory and the good of his church. Amen. You are here today because sometime, somewhere, and someone in your life determined to obey God and communicate the gospel. Might be on TV, maybe in some auditorium, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was on somebody's porch, maybe it was here on a Sunday morning. But somebody somewhere communicated the gospel to you so that it was clear, so you could understand where you stand with God and you knew you had a choice to make. And because the Spirit of God drawing you you made a choice to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And everything changed from then on. Hmm. It is the will of God. We have read it here today in his word. The very words of God. Jesus has called us to be disciple makers. And what's a disciple Someone who hears the word of God, accepts it as true, believes it, and obeys it. It is a learner, a follower who is learning and growing. That's what the disciples who followed Jesus did. They were bumblers for most of their ministry. They didn't get it right. You know, there's James and John to asking Jesus, hey, should we call down for fire to kill all these people? Because they aren't following you. Jesus told them, man, you don't get it yet, but you will. You don't get it yet. Yeah. And so disciples grow. They follow, they grow. But it all starts with putting their faith in Jesus Christ. I presume there isn't a person in this room that hasn't done that. But my friends, let's take a moment right now for you to put your faith in Jesus. You know that Christ died for your sin. He rose from the dead. Trust him. Now we talk a lot about going and telling people the gospel. But my guess is that like uh, me, when I determined myself to go and share the gospel with my friend who lived next door, buddies from high school junior high really and I went to talk to him and I realized I had no idea how to communicate the gospel I knew what the gospel was I had no idea how to say it I mean I can't just you know it's not a bumper sticker Christ died for our sin rose from the dead and, and ho- expect that that's going to make any difference a lot of questions have to be answered why? why did he die for our sin? what's that all about? what difference does that make? And so this morning, right here and right now, I am going to show you a simple method of communicating the gospel to your friend, to your neighbor, to your co-worker. And it all starts with this statement. Now listen to me. I want you to participate in this this morning. That's what I'm asking of you. I will not love you any less if you don't, but I want to encourage you to participate. If you participate here, you are more likely to remember this. It all starts with a question like this one. 
Has anyone ever taken a Bible and shown you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven? That's an intriguing question, isn't it? Yeah. An opening question just like this. Yes. Or it can come out of a conversation. You know what? I understand that struggle. I experienced something similar in my life. Would you like to hear what changed everything for me? You see where all these things are going, right? To the gospel. Thinking of statements. It's a good idea to think these things through, to write them down, and to memorize them. So when the time comes and suddenly the door has swung open and you're like, this is what Pastor Dave was talking about, and what was that thing he said? It's a good idea to prepare yourself for this, friends. Well, today I'm going to teach you five truths that everyone must know and believe to become a Christian. Okay? Five things. The first is this, bad news. This is called the bad news, good news method. Okay? We start off with the bad news, and we claim it as bad news. The first part of the bad news is we're all sinners. There isn't anybody on the planet that's not a sinner. And we have a definition. Sin is a transgression of the law of God. No one would die, or no one would deny that they're not a sinner. Have you ever stolen anything? Taken anything that doesn't belong to you? Have you ever told a lie? Huh? I mean, those right there are enough to convict the world. You say, well, you know, I, don't, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't lie per se. <laughs> well, friends, let's talk about that. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That is the key scripture. The key scripture for this truth that we are all sinners is Romans 3.23. I wonder if somebody could run and get some things to write with because I feel like we have people here without pens. I'll just leave it at that. Maybe Rich Willard can go get some pens somewhere off my desk or something. Please? Raise your hand if you don't have anything to write with. Yeah, good, good, good. I want to make sure you're prepped for this, friends. So the bad news starts this way. We are all sinners. What's a sinner? Someone who transgresses the law of God. Think of the Ten Commandments. You know, every one of these is, is, is defined by love. You know, love for God. You shall have no other gods before me. You don't make idols and bow down to them. Why? Because that's not loving God. You don't take his name in vain. You go to five, honor your father and mother. You know, you don't honor them, you ain't loving them, right? Yeah. How about six? Don't kill people. Killing people is not love. Let me say that again. Killing people is not love. Seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Guess what? That ain't loving your wife. Eight, thou shalt not steal. You take something from somebody, you ain't loving them, right? Nine, don't tell a lie. No false witnesses, my friend. That ain't, that ain't the truth. No covet. Wishing you had something that somebody else has. That's what leads to theft, my friends. So the bad news is we're all sinners. The definition, disobedience to God's revealed will. That's what sin is. 
The key scripture, Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now friends, I would probably focus in my evangelism presentation on the, the first part of that sentence, the first clause, as it were, for all have sinned. But you will notice the second clause, and fall short of the glory of God. And you look at that and say, I ain't talking about that. I don't even know what it means. I'm going to tell you right here, right now, what it means. The glory of God is his holiness. God's intent is that we share in his holiness. Peter wrote, be ye holy as God is holy. What is holiness, my friends? It is purity. It certainly has no room for sin. That was God's intent for us. And we have fallen short of that. You know what the interesting word about uh, the word sin means? The Greek word is hamartido. You don't need to know that. But you know that it literally means missing the mark. If you ever shot archery in gym class, you know, maybe you missed the mark a few times. The mark is holiness. And sin is missing that mark. You're missing the standard that God has set, that he has wanted for us. Why? Because we don't have to have locks when there's no sin. We don't have to wonder who's over there in the darkness as you walk through a parking lot when there's no sin. Holiness was the purpose, my friends. So, truth number one, bad news, we're all sinners. But, friends, I think we can agree. And notice this transition here. I think that you would agree that the fact that we're all sinners is bad news. Friends, I don't care who you are, you're going to agree with that. Everybody has evil within them, sin, a sin nature that craves selfishness. Who isn't going to agree to that? I think you'll agree that's bad news, but unfortunately, the bad news gets worse. You know, well, you know, everybody's a sinner, so, well, you know, we'll all just have... No, the bad news gets worse. And here's our statement. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Now the key word there being wages, in other words, what you have earned because of your sin. We all know about wages. We we get a job, we work, we learn, we get better at it, we you know, and uh, and we expect to be paid. Same thing is true. And everybody agrees with this that sin deserves to be punished. We hear about the evil deeds of men and women or a teacher who, who molests a student and we say, that person deserves, and we agree with God. God is a just God. God must punish sin. Evidences are all throughout the scripture. And our key verse for this truth is Romans 6.23. See how easy that is to remember? We just did Romans 3.23, now it's 6.23. And this one is pretty simple, because as we present it, we stop at the comma. Anybody know what a comma is? Even unbelievers know what commas are. And we're going to stop right there. It says this, For the wages of sin is death, 
Now, Paul's going to go on and say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But we're not there yet. We're focused on this truth. The wages of sin is death. And what do we mean by death? Death is separation from God. Separation from God's love, his joy, his peace, his kindness, his goodness, all that God is. And you know what they call that, friends? They call that hell. A place of torment, absence of all comfort and joy, peace. So the key scripture is the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. Death is separation from God, and that is the key word. Death always means separation. The key concept is this, my friend. We deserve hell. Sinners deserve hell. It is the only right thing. It is a just punishment for sin. That is seriously bad news. We're all sinners, and as we stand before God, there isn't one of us that doesn't deserve hell. That's the bad news. But then comes the good news, friends. You know what the good news is? It's about ten words, I think. You see, Christ died for our sin and rose from the dead. That's the gospel. That's what the word gospel means, is good news. And so this good news has two parts to it that make the good news really great. And the first part of the good news is that Christ died for our sin and rose from the dead. Now the key verse could be Romans 5.8. God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But I have put down here 1 Corinthians 15 verses 3 to 5. Friends, you ought to know that passage well. Now you will notice it's up on the screen. And there are some things I want to highlight from this passage that you understand. Paul, talking about the gospel, laying it out clearly for us, says, For I deliver to you as of first importance. The most important thing that I could tell you is this. It's what I also receive that, and here it is. Now you will notice, for that. And they're underlined on the screen, and um, perhaps should be underlined in your Bible if you have such a Bible on paper. Notice, and these that's introduce four different clauses. The first is that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. And the scriptures that Paul is talking about is the Old Testament. As the New Testament was presently, including the book of Romans, being put together. So Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. That he was buried. Remember burial? Evidence of his death. How was that evidence? We don't bury live people. Or we shouldn't. Do you hear me? Okay. And then the third that, that he was raised on the third day. He was raised. That's resurrection, my friends. On the third day, and there it is, in accordance with the scriptures, and evidence of his resurrection, and that he appeared. And the list goes on. He appeared first to Cephas, and then the list grows. 
then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, Paul would say. Go talk to them. They saw the risen Christ. And Paul even includes himself in that. And so what's the key concept here? What is it that we want them to understand? That Christ died as a substitute in our place. And he rose from the dead as proof that God accepted his sacrifice for your sin. Christ died. He took your place. Think of that. Think of that. He, you were in line headed to hell, Christ said. I'll take your place. That's what this is all That word for, Christ died for our sin, is the Greek word huper. It literally means on behalf of. Christ died on behalf of you. His death was not just a tragedy, my friends. It was purposeful. He died in our place. We want to communicate that. You look someone in the eyes and you say, listen to me. He died for your sin so that you wouldn't have to die. He died in our place. And he rose from the dead as proof that God accepted his sacrifice for your sin. And that's pretty good news, isn't it? But just like as the bad news got worse, the good news gets better. Now there are religions out there would tell you the 798,000 things that you must do in order to, but not the Bible. Not the Bible. You see, you can be saved by faith and faith alone, not faith plus anything else. Faith. And faith, of course is accepting God's word as true and depending wholly upon it. I think we're on the next screen there. There it is. Accepting God's word as true and depending wholly upon it. Trust, that's what it is. Faith and trust. Wholly upon it. Our key verse, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. That's grace. It's not a result of works so that no one may boast. This way, who gets the glory? It is the Lord Jesus. And he deserves it. So for by grace... Here's the key concept. Take a look at the key concept here. It is God's grace. That's Christ's death for our sins. That's grace. Grace is God giving to us something that we don't deserve. You know what we don't deserve? Jesus dying in our place. That, my friends, is grace. So it is God's grace, Christ's death for our sin and his resurrection, in which our faith rests. That Jesus' death is sufficient, a sufficient sacrifice for our sin, and is the only acceptable response by God. And there you have it. You have the gospel laid out and understood. We are all sinners. The wages of sin is death, 
Surely that is bad news. But the good news is that Christ died for our sin. And he rose from the dead. And all you need to do is put your faith in Jesus. And then comes two steps, my friends. And here it is. Next slide, please. Ask them to trust in Christ. A lot of people, when they share the gospel, they lay it out there, and then they're done. (laughs) Well, now you know. Friends, the whole point is to come to this, this point of decision for them. Are you ready to put your faith in Jesus, who died for your sin and rose from the dead? Well, I I don't really know how. Of course they don't. How would they possibly know how to do this? Now, oftentimes we say, well, then say this prayer. Now, then the problem is somebody thinks, well, are you a Christian? Yeah, I said a prayer. No, you're not a Christian because you said a prayer. Do you accept this as true? I use this illustration. I've used it with you. It's not true and it's not how it goes, but as an illustration, understand this. You're standing at the gate of heaven. There is St. Peter. And he says, why should I let you in? What's your answer? Well, in third grade, I shared my crayons with this guy who didn't have any crayons. You know, he was eating them all and he needed something. And That ain't going to do it, my friends. The only acceptable answer is this. Well, the truth is, I put my faith in Jesus. He died for my sin and rose from the dead, and that's all I got. It is my only hope. And that's how we explain the gospel. Now listen carefully, friends. You hear me lay this out. There's lots of ways to present the gospel. This is, I find, a very effective, clear way. What if they do? Then what? Everybody open your Bible to the Gospel of John. Gospel of John. Chapter 5. And verse 24. John... 524. You want to commit this one to memory, my friends. Because when you're having a dark day and you're wondering, did I really understand it? Am I, you know, the, the whole, I was 19 and I think I understood. I think I was trusting Christ. I think I was, it doesn't matter what happened in the past, friends. You're not saved because of something you did. And it's because you are trusting in Christ. And notice here in John chapter 5, 24, 20, 20, 25. Now it's 24. Believe me this time. This time, believe me. <laughs> truly, truly, these are the words of Jesus. I say to you, whoever hears my word, did you hear the word of God when we presented it to you? Yeah. Whoever hears my word and believes him who has sent me, do you believe these things? Do you believe God's word? What he says is true? 
Whoever hears my word and believes in him who has sent me has eternal life. If the first two are true, so is the third, my friend. Eternal life begins the moment you put your trust in Jesus Christ. Everything begins to change because the Spirit of God takes dwelling place. And that's what discipleship kicks in. You've explained the gospel and somehow they, they said, yeah, I want to do that. I've been wondering, I've been, I've been going through this thing and I, I, I think this is the answer. And you're like, oh my goodness, it worked. You know how I know that? I've experienced that. Oh my goodness, they're believing Jesus. <laughs> what do I do now? And then you begin to teach. Invite them to your church. Get a group of people together. And go through a book together. Study the word of God together. Walk them through. That is how you present the gospel. So, with our notes down. Two statements. Two verses. Bad news. Bad news is what? Look at me. Everybody's eyes up here. Bad news number one is all have sinned. All have sinned. What's the verse? Romans 3.23. Friends, if you don't have that memorized, go, go home and memorize that, okay? A lot of you, I'm sure you do, but if you haven't, get on it. Okay? All have sinners. All are sinners, right? Romans 3.23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Bad news number two. Remember the transition? Now, I think you'd agree with me. That's bad news. But the bad news gets worse. And what is it? The wages of sin is death. And what is death? Key word is separation. Separation. Yeah. And what's our key verse? Romans 6.23. We got Romans 3.23, then 6.23. Making it easy on you, friends. And what does Romans 6.23 says? What does it say, Romans 6.23? The wages of sin is death. Right up to the comma. Remember the comma? Stop right there. I mean, you could keep going and finish the chapter, but then what are you going to do with all of that, you know? The wages of sin is death. And I think you'd agree that's terrible, terrible news. But I told you about all of this because there is good news. And the good news is, say it loud. Yeah. And what's our key verse for that? What? 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 5. Or Romans 5, 8. Keep that in your pocket. Okay? doesn't talk about the resurrection because that's not where Paul is in his conversation. But said, but God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The gospel, make sure they know about the resurrection. It matters. And finally, good news number two is, and this is the culmination, this is the question, you can be saved by faith. What's our key verse? Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved 
by faith. Yeah. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works. Must anyone should boast. Very important. This is God's gift to us. That's why it's just faith and not works. Ask them to trust. Well, my friends, let's wrap it up here. Let's wrap it up. God has called us to witness to the death and resurrection of Christ. God has called us to be witnesses. You know what witnesses do? They tell what they know. Be a witness. Know the gospel. You know what it is. It's ten words. We go over it every, every Sunday. Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. Go ahead and look at the that statements. It makes it very clear in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 5. So know the gospel. And put in the effort to prepare yourself. Friends, if I asked you where Willow Creek was... You would say, well, you know, you go down the street here, and then you can go right or left. If you go right, you're going to see the subway on the left side. and the Because you know these things. And you don't have to go, oh, no, it's a quiz. I, don't, I should have prepared for this stuff. Know the truth. You will never communicate this if you aren't confident in it. Share it. Practice it with yourselves, with your spouse. It's not that difficult. Four points, four verses. You can even add some illustrations if you like about wages, about sin, missing the mark, about death. But do it. Put in the effort to prepare yourself to be used by God. I'll tell you, friends, it changes everything. Just a couple of weeks ago, I went back to Lansing, Michigan to teach an Old Testament survey to a church. The elder of that church that invited me was the friend that I led to faith in Christ in high school, just after high school. Remember that guy, that Sunday school teacher who went to that guy, what's his name, uh, Dwight, I think, is working at a shoe shop and said, man, I just got to talk to you. Dwight Moody, D.L. Moody came to faith in Christ because someone took it serious enough to open their mouths. You don't know what can happen to this church and in your life if you open yourself up to this. Prepare yourself and put it in practice. And open your mouth, change your life. Open your mouth, change an eternity. Imagine that, God using you to change someone's eternity. Think of how great it has been since you have come to faith in Christ and all that you have seen and learned. You could do that in someone's life. It's God's intention that you do. So let's do it. Ready? done. Father in heaven, God, we thank you. Thank you for these people who listen intently, who who these things matter to. God, I thank you for this kind of a church where people care about the lost and they care about the saved. They love one another. God, I thank you for these people. Thank you for the way that they have loved me. 
And God, I pray that you continue to do your work in our lives. Equip us, God, and send us. Provide for us the opportunities where it is evident that the Lord of the Spirit, God, has has moved to bring someone into our life so that we can communicate this truth. God, help us to know it and to tell it. And I pray it in Jesus' name.